Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome everybody to the uh, Lazy Geeks Podcast. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> so, Adam, you, of all the of all the little boutiques and tech places and all these little stuff that you find at the mall, probably one of the most overpriced store uh, next to Sharper Image <laughs> or Sky Mall if you if you read that magazine. Um, is Brookstones. Brookstones always reminded me of like a storefront version of Sky Mall because they sell mostly useless bullshit. <laughs> like stuff that no one wants except for overly rich people. Well, it's even that. I mean, but there's I mean, there's some things that are that are cool in there. But the thing is, is that you'll find these things and yet you'll find that, you know, more cost effective version of it. That's probably even more functional than the one from Brookstone, mm-hmm. you know. On like egg, uh, new egg or you know whatever. It's just like leather bound with, <laughs> yeah, with Brookstone you know. writing all over the front of it. You know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the one at my mall is is closing up. So like this week they were doing everything fifty percent off, and I actually managed to score two things at one was actually at a really good price. The other one was at oh probably some probably the price you would find it at any other store. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cool things I got was a um, a uh, external speaker, but it's the little drum that they have that um, connects to the audio out of like your laptop or you know your your phone or what have you. But it's it's USB charged. You charged it and it'll last for about 11 hours. Um, nice. Yeah, it has a bass and then the volume control. It's actually really cool. Really small, really light. Throw it in your bag. Take it with you. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because, you know, sometimes the speakers – and we all can say this like on our laptops. Our speakers suck, you know. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll think like, oh, yeah, I can connect it to the, my um, to my laptop and hear how it's supposed to sound or whatever. So I got that for 10 bucks. Regular press was 35 Oh, shit. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, nice. And then my brother was like, oh, give me one too. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this other bit 
Now, all of you out there, you all know when you're technology-based, you got plugs and wires for everything to charge every possible thing. Um, so, like, my nightstand is, like, wires all over, and sometimes, yeah. you know, you have to figure out, oh, which, this one's, I thought this one's for my phone. No, it's not, you know. Um, but uh, they actually had this docking station that was actually really cool. It was a uh, all-black um, plate, and it had interchangeable pieces so you can connect your and you can it charges up four devices at one time so you can put one for like your android one for your ipod or you know older iphone and the new iphone attachment it's got um also some uh uh the one of the other attachments is for your playstation 3 yeah your your playstation 3 controller you can Kick that in there. All these pieces interchangeable. They charge up. And on the side, it's got the USB connection. So you can plug in your fucking Kindle or your e-reader right in there. And it's all on this base. Fucking slickest thing ever. Regular price was, of course, like 80 bucks. So I got it for about 35 But it was actually, I looked at it and I go, all right. You know, it's not a bad price for 35 I can I can swing that. And uh, so now my nightstand looks like it's just one plug from the de- uh, from the device to the core to the plug, and then I got my iPod and my phone and my Kindle all plugged in there. So it's actually pretty slick. So so I, I was I was thinking that I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. But of course, then you got like the, the massaging chairs. Well, this is really like eight hundred bucks, but it's on sale for four hundred. Fuck you, I'm still not buying a massageable chair. Yeah, <laughs> that's what a girlfriend's for. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what my wife is for. Yeah. This fucking wasted my mind. Yeah, Brooks was always at the store. Like when I was younger, I would go in there and I would check things out. Oh, this is cool, this is cool, and then I'd walk out. Yeah, because it, it's cool, but it's not worth the money. Oh, absolutely not. They always had. They were the. They would always have those fucking uh, those memory foam mattresses. <laughs> oh yeah, that you can get at Walmart now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Or it's, the little, the little like I saw these ones over there that had these um. Like throw blankets, and they're like the softest blanket you'll ever have. And I'm like, so what? It just means there's like what more polyester <laughs> in, in in there. It's like just fleece. Just like, fleece. It's just fleece. Come on, like give me a break, you know. So, but of course, you know, people were ransacking the place, you know, and then their little, uh, oh yeah, these um, toasty uh, toasty slippers, shit like that. You're like, dude, really? Come on, I don't need all of that. It's a store that you really don't need anything from, but even wanting stuff, you'd have to have a good pocketbook to, to get shit from there. Yeah, it's it's always been like a, kind of a yuppie shop. Yeah, like it, it's always for those people that they have technology, but they're not technical people. So yeah. they want it to be, they want it to be as comfortable as possible. The like only kind of shit. Yeah, the only cool thing that I ever saw them have that I actually thought like oh that'd be kind of cool but i didn't have any was um uh turntable that you plugged into your laptop and would turn it into an mp3 yeah that's pretty cool which i was like okay you know what that serves a function because one day i went in you can get that on fucking amazon oh i know i know but that was like the one thing like oh that's kind of cool you know but then of course i'm like yeah but would i buy it here no not for that price (laughs) uh but um actually I actually, believe it or not, I actually sat down and read a graphic novel this week. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, because one of the things that Adam and I have always, always in the video games and comics, always end up taking a backseat to the crazy life. So the life is slowing down. So I actually sat down and read uh, Warren Ellis's new um, graphic novel, Avengers: um, Endless Wartime. Um, I'm not going to really review it because it was, it's, you know, I'll probably do that at a later time. But um, what's fun? It's a, it was a, a back and forth story and it involved around Captain America and Thor. And uh, but the one thing that I noticed, and it 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 cov- it had pretty much all the same sp- the all of the um, usual suspects in there, you know, you had, uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, um, Hulk or Bruce Banner, um, Wolverine, but then they also had um, uh, Captain Marvel. But one of the things that I was I looked at and. But when I was reading it, and you know, I don't know if you this is like total fanboy or just kind of the media that's inundated, that's inundating you. But when I was reading the characters, I could hear the voices of Robert Downey Jr., Chris Helmsworth, Jeremy Renner, Hugh Jackman. Like the characters, I'm, I'm hearing the characters when I read them. Yeah, it was just kind of like. Because I'm hearing it in their cadence and just the, the tones and stuff like no, that. No, I, I do that too. Like now, when I was um, I was rereading The Hobbit recently, and now I hear, I hear like the Peter Jackson people. Oh right, yeah. You know, and it, it's I don't know. I, I think your brain just associates it. Yeah, I was just gonna, yeah. I was just gonna say it's like an association. Like you're gonna be like. Yeah, you know, it, it goes to uh, it's like when you hear a new version of an old song. You yeah. know, you hear the original because you beast mode. That's why. exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but what was I read? Um, well, I reread the the uh, the Killing Joke. Oh yeah, but I reread that like once a year. Oh, and a long haul, the long Halloween. That's a good one. I still haven't read that, dude. It's good. Yeah, like you really need to read that one. It's long. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's it's really good. Anyway, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I I so I set up a VNC uh, server. So that basically, what this is is like now <clears throat> my computer at home, so I can I can log into it. Like I have to be at home, but like if I'm downstairs or whatever on the Wi-Fi, I can log into it and you'll see my desktop on my phone. So I just, there's really no function whatsoever. <laughs> I just did it for the geek cred, baby. But um, I can pair it with a uh, freaking kid's been crying all day. That's what I'm going to tell you people. <laughs> America and otherwise. Don't have kids. <laughs> um, if you take anything away from this podcast. <laughs> by the way, and I know there's al- there's always that those things online. Like he, he ain't even taking care of his kid. My wife is taking care of my kid. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, but no, it's um, I can pair it with like a service like Log Me In, and then I could log into it like in a different house. See, that's cool. Yeah, you know that that has a little bit more function. But really, logging into it from the living room just too lazy to climb the stairs is better. <laughs> but I was down there like, more like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on my computer. No, you're not. You're downstairs. Please. Do you think I have to be in front of my computer to be on my computer? This is 2014! <laughs> on my 4.7-inch 4, 4. screen that I'm looking at. <laughs> squinting. It's 2014. I don't need to get up. <laughs> I know, it's funny. 
but uh, yeah, that's that's what I pretty much the only thing I did all week. <laughs> Exciting. I know, right? Oof. You're like the the poster boy for this is why you should get married and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> well, I played video games and shit. But it's the same games I was playing last week. <laughs> I'm gonna just say the same thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like I'm running out of shit to say. <laughs> all right. Um. Well. Uh, I we kind of came up with a new section, or I say I came up with a new section that Adam was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, I approved it. He approved it, yeah. Um, it's not a it's not a section that's gonna appear every week, but only when it's cool. And this is a section called "Take My Money." <laughs> so it's one of those things that we just find that's cool that's that's coming out. Um, it actually it actually says here in the show notes, not a permanent section. <laughs> just when cool things are coming. The little notes like that are, are littered. Here's a little behind the scenes. Little notes like that are littered all over the show notes. Why are they there? They're not for Steve's benefit. They're for mine. Because <laughs> there will be days where we would have done this section already. We've already talked about it. And I'll go, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know what's going on. Adam's like, wait, what? I never know what's going on. It's like, Oh, when did we add this? Oh, wait, it's not permanent. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Never mind. It's, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO, bitch. YOLO. <laughs> um, this comes from The Wrap, actually, and it's talking about the Marvel experience. First look at the Traveling Dome Complex of 2014 live tour. So before we get into just how cool the, how cool the, the art rendering is, um, Marvel and Hero Ventures announced a live touring event back in August. Um, no need to panic when S.H.I.E.L.D. erects a large, giant uh, complex of domes in your hometown. It's not the sign of an impending Chitauri invasion. Uh, just a Marvel experience bringing its own venue to, um, for the show. Marvel and Hero Ventures announced a live, a live touring event back in August. And on Tuesday, released the first look image of the dome complex uh, where the show will take place. The custom-built complex will stand more than six stories high with a footprint of two acres and house interactive games, short films, and motion-based rides. It looks like um, like a stock expo. Yeah, it does. It really does look like the Stark Expo. Uh, the attraction is expected to stay for weeks at a time at... Um, in each of its stops, cities and dates haven't been announced yet, but the initial announcement is said to have some time this year. Quote, 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 Steen, uh, the domes are central to the singular storyline that pulses through the Marvel experience and are enhanced by state-of-the-art design applications and graphic elements, said Doug Shire, COO of Hero Ventures. The interior will feature an exaggerated comic style utilizing projected high-tech imagery, Amazing fabricated set pieces and visual stimulations to advance the story. Our guests will be interacting uh, directly with multiple Marvel superheroes as well as members of S.H.I.E.L.D. as they take their place in the Marvel Universe. Um, yes, take my money, please. Right. If this is coming to my town, I will fucking be there. Yeah, it really. Yeah, the, the the dome itself, it has like, you know, it does look like the Stark Expo with the main big dome and then the... The smaller domes go on the outside. And of course, the artist rendering has Iron Man going in there and Spider-Man and the helicarrier. That's not. That's that's a picture. That's not an artist rendering. <laughs> don't don't ruin this. Don't, don't take this away from me. Don't yeah. take this away from me, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but uh, it's going to look cool, and I'm just like, oh my god, I am so there. I am so there. Um, another one that was a real take my money. Um, if you've ever been to Disneyland, Tomorrowland is a little more passe than than, than it had been. Yeah. But um, uh, this comes from IGN. Add Disneyland's uh, Im- Imagineers to the list of people who know more about the plot of Star Wars Episode Seven than you. The House of Mouse has big plans for Episode Seven in the Anaheim-based theme park. Of course, these installations can't be built overnight, and the park's designers need J.J. Abrams to spill the beans on Episode Seven, um, Episode Seven's secret story, even before the script and casting are complete. Uh, the news comes from micechat.com via film slash film, a site that describes itself as the recognized leader for information on Disneyland, Walt Disney World, the Walt Disney Company, and top theme parks worldwide. According to MiceChat, TDA, Team Disney Anaheim, duh, uh, it literally says duh in the article, uh, recently got the go-ahead to begin the first largely cosmetic phase of transforming Disney World's Tomorrowland into an all-new Star Wars land. The bulk of the project, multiple rides and attractions based on the characters and stories of Episode 7. Still a long way off, but the Imagineers apparently had the appropriate need-to-know for the um, to get the goods from Abrams. Um, this quote here is, uh, The Imagineers assigned to the Star Wars Tomorrowland project are now being debriefed on the characters and plot lines coming through Star Wars Episode Seven, that opens in theaters in about two years. The original plan for um, Disneyland's Tomorrowland relied heavily on the characters and plot points of the first three Star Wars films, with attractions like the Millennium Falcon walkthrough, or, uh, um, through on the old People Mover platform, a wild Tatooine cantina replacing Star um, Tomorrowland Terrace, um, Terrace and the speeder bike ride. Oh, that would have been awesome through the yeah. Ewok Village, um, where Autotopia currently sits. Well, those key attractions are still part of Phase Two, but they are being layered or tweaked to include references from Episode Seven that will be released in theaters at at least 18 months before any of those. Um, uh, we'll be releasing theaters at least 18 months before any of those attractions open. Um, it To me, that's going to be like fucking sweet, dude. Because to be honest, now that they have it, they should do something with Star Wars. They should make it part of the theme park, in my opinion. And that would Yeah, no, I agree. That, that would give me a bigger reason to go there. I mean, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've always thought Tomorrowland should be... Um... Like, now that Disney owns, like, these cool franchises, like, they own Marvel, they own Star Wars, like, right. they could turn fucking Tomorrowland into something dope. Oh, yeah. Like, like some, I mean, I, I always like Tomorrowland. Like, I went to Disney World when I was a little kid, and they have Tomorrowland, and it was cool because they had, um, like, future technology. Like, they had, a, I remember this one, it was like a spacesuit that was like it, it looked it, like it was more comfortable than the ones that you know it was something like a prototype that they were kicking around the office at nasa i guess right. um but stuff like that isn't it isn't popular anymore like people don't give a fuck you know <laughs> <laughs> so i think it would be it, it would be cool if they kind of blended tomorrowland with like star wars and, and oh yeah shit that'd be kind of dope i know it's like uh i mean it really would be um here take my money Go for it here. Uh, take it, take it. But uh, I mean, that would be totally cool. I mean, the fact that they had already had a Star Tours in there, 
was cool, but Tomorrowland seems perfect because it is kind of outdated. And and let's be honest, as long as they keep, if, as long as they bring back the Captain EO ride or experience, I think we'll be we'll be all set. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right. No, I think I think I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to go back to Disney World. I, th- I think it was fun, but I'm an adult now, so. <laughs> it's so it's so sad because my fat ass. The biggest thing I remember from fucking Disney World is is they they have the area where um where all the eat, eating places are, and they have it they have it built though like it's this like this epic like fucking European looking town, and like I remember getting pancakes one morning in the shape of Mickey, like Mickey Mouse's head, mm-hmm. but it was like perfect <laughs> like it was just amazing like, i can never do this at home everything about fucking Dis- disney world is amazing like everything yeah you know, so it's it's pretty cool oh by the way i saw saving mr banks today that's the whole behind the scenes on making of um mary poppins oh, yeah. Re- really good movie really good movie. yeah yeah um, i never liked mary poppins when i was a kid I did. I, it was one of the movies I grew up with, but you know, it was really cool and just kind of it made the story. You you really kind of was like, oh wow, there was so much more to that, so much more personal to that story than than before. But it was really good. The actors were all great in it. So, but really kind of a, a really definitely a feels movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time we uh, jump into some news. In uh, movie news this week, so unlike some people out there in the vlogosphere, I have issues with the upcoming Fox series Gotham. While I don't necessarily find a series about the young James Gordon all that appealing, the news that is coming out of the proposed series isn't making my mouth water. Deadline is reporting that Gotham will not only focus on Jim Gordon's origins alongside, um, but alongside some of the villains that are famous within the city like the Riddler, Catwoman, the Penguin. Not only that, but it appears that a young Bruce Wayne will be involved in the series. Quote, The show will track Bruce from the child around 12 years old until he puts the cape on in the finale. Fox chairman uh, Kevin Riley explains in Fox's TSA event on Monday, We will see how he... Um, they get to become what they are as Gotham is teetering on the edge. It is an operatic soap with a lar- larger-than-life quality. While the script is being written by Bruno Heller from The Mentalist and is, a, and is being a directed and executive produced by Danny Cannon from CSI, I have very little hope that this series will make it. I know they are, there are some Gordon fans out there, but if you're going to do a series on him, might as well nix the Batman villains. Otherwise, it just seems kind of like a grab for ratings. Like, oh, the show's kind of losing a little bit of luster. Let's go ahead and put the Riddler in there. Yeah. Let's find his origin. Like, like my... Do we when need... I, I know. My first my first problem with this show is I knew they were going to do that. And, and the Batman villains are only okay when Batman's the hero. Because yeah. their, their personalities are so large that you need a superhero with an equal fucking personality. Right. Gordon's just, I mean, at the end of the day, man, Gordon's a fucking cop. You right. Know? So if he's like, oh, Gordon, he's like, you know, <laughs> in the office doing paperwork, like any cop drama. Right. And then all of a sudden the Joker shows up, no one's going to care yeah. about Gordon because he's not as interesting. Yeah. Same but- thing if Batman shows up all the time. 
Eh. Yeah. Well, I mean, because when you look at it, like, like uh, if you've ever seen the the documentary Necessary Evil, where it's mm-hmm. DC talking about the DC villains, it brings they bring up a good point. Like people like the Riddler needs Batman. You know, because he, you know, Batman in in and of himself is a detective. Yeah. You know, but the Riddler needs someone with Batman's intellect to try to capture him, you know. And then with Penguin, like Cobblepot, do we really need to see that whole origin thing take off? I mean, it turns into Smallville, but on even a cheesier scale, I think. Well, that's especially, especially Cobblepot, because... Because Penguin is very much attached to the not only Batman but the Wayne family. Yeah. Um, in his origin, so it's if you if you're doing a Penguin arc, okay, and you talk about origin, it's all going to be about the Wayne family and the Copperpot family and how they interacted, and Gordon's going to be like a dude that's just randomly there. Yeah. You know, so that's that's kind of the issue. I, I love Gordon. I think he's a fucking badass police chief. Like he's he's the especially shit. Gary Oldman as oh fuck uh, yeah as as Gordon. Fuck yeah! But the problem is, is that he, like I said, at the end of the day, he's a normal dude. He's just a he's a cop. He's a normal yeah. beat cop. <laughs> he's a normal beat cop, <laughs> swinging his fucking uh, swinging his dick. <laughs> his beat stick. No, it's just um. I don't know. I, I I have a feeling they're gonna want to make this like a uh, like a like a CSI like that kind of show, and I, I guess that can work. But they they can't over they can put Batman villains and heroes in it, but they can't overdo it. Yeah. Well, my big thing is is like you can have like if you did like a CSI or mentalist kind of thing that would work. And you could have villains that are maybe kind of close that are that would be like a like a like if you can have a team below junior varsity, you know, like the the, <laughs> the ones that you don't necessarily need Batman to capture, you know, they like can- Calendar Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some some real throwback characters, you know, that- or maybe some you know people from you know the Justice League Canada. What you know? Um. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? Actually, I'm thinking about right now. If part of these major villains' crews were doing something, like if they're robbing a bank or if they're they're doing some murders, and 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 while Batman is trying to get the Joker, mm-hmm. Gordon's more working about his crew and what they're doing in the town. Like I could see that kind of working. Yeah. Because Batman's one dude. He can't <laughs> he can't kill every or get everybody, you right. know what I mean? But um you'd rather have him focusing on the major right, problem. Right, right. So, so that, it's, that makes it's, some um, sense too, yeah. I mean but I don't know. It's just gonna it's gonna be a fine line that's gonna be read. Yeah. You know, and see if they can really balance it out. But that when you wrote this Gotham High it reminded me of a there was a cartoon that was they were kicking around the idea and it never went you can find images if you, if you type in uh, it's Gotham High if you type in Gotham, Gotham High in Google um, it was an animated series and it was supposed to be all the villains major villains and Batman and I think Robin too they're all high school students together <laughs> and I was like and Harley's in it too she's a cheerleader I think um, which automatically doesn't make sense because she's a cheerleader and I think the Joker was like a like a goth kid or something. So Batman like, would know. be like Zach Morris. Pretty much. And then <laughs> and then Bane was like a football jock. And it was it was it was weird. But 
I would have watched it just because of how dumb it would be. <laughs> they could be so silly, you know. But yeah, that never that never cut off the uh, the old uh, floor there. So dude, you could have you could have Bruce Wayne as Zach Morris, and then you could have like Commissioner Gordon as the Mario Lopez character, AC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's see. Oh, I, I found the image. I found the image straight away. Straight away, I found it. Of course you did. Oh no, who's who's the jock? It's fucking um, Croc. <laughs> Everyone's in here. There's um, oh no, Harley's not a cheerleader. She's just I don't know, some chicken overalls, the Joker, and then this Catwoman who's like a sassy fucking chick and. It's like mass murderers are in high school right now with with Bruce Wayne. Like that's basically what it looks like. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, that's bad. I'm also, glad that didn't make it. Even even Poison Ivy's in it. it doesn't even make any fucking sense. Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze. Well, how can Robin be in it? He isn't. I, I was just saying shit. Oh okay. And I think that's two. Yeah, Two Face, Penguin. Zaz. That doesn't even make sense, dude. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and I wish they would have done one test episode so I could have watched it. Because it would have been amazing. And then to be able to say, I'm right! Because, <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you know, we all need those moments. I know. <laughs> enough of the silly shit. So, <laughs> on to more pressing matters. Um, <laughs> well, the film has been in the news recently for more negative reasons. The upcoming Batman vs. Superman movie has been the talk of the town since its announcement. While the movie was supposed to, be, to release on July 17, 2015, which I uh, I always said we're getting a release date for a movie this far out. It's not coming out on that date. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, the film has actually been pushed back a full 10 months to May 6, 2016 to let, quote, the filmmakers time or to give, quote, the filmmakers' time to realize their vision, given the complex visual nature of the story. Simply put, they don't want to mess this one up. This puts the film in a slot to directly compete with Marvel Phase Three, with a Marvel Phase Three film being released on the same date. Although it's unknown what movie it actually will be. Doctor Strange, though. Oh man. Oh, that'd be sick. Um, July seventeenth, two thousand fifteen. We'll still see a movie release though, with the upcoming Peter Pan film ready to take its place because god only knows we need another rendition of peter pan <laughs> like what i was just do- thinking the other day like you know what we need another peter pan yeah it's basically they're like what stories do we not have to pay the rights for <laughs> peter pan um said so no one ever <laughs> i know here's a quote 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 that's right <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a quote, by the way. Um, is we, are ha- yeah. <laughs> we are happy to take advantage of these coveted summer titles, which are perfect for two of our biggest tenfold releases. Warner Brothers president of domestic distribution, Dan Fellman, said in a statement, We share the fans' excitement to see DC Comics' uh, most popular figures, Superman and Batman, together on the big screen for the first time, which will now be arriving in theaters in May 2016. Peter Pan has delighted people of every generation for more than a century. So we are thrilled to bring him back to the screen next summer uh, for today's movie. Oh, yeah, the Peter Pan is a Warner Brothers movie. So they, they win either way. Because mm. the, the Peter Pan movie is probably going to do good in the theater. Because right? fuck Peter Pan. Everyone's going to take their kid to it. Right. Um, honestly, this doesn't surprise me at all. The movie was already a big deal being a Superman movie alone and an even bigger event 
knowing it's leading up to the Justice League film. With the addition of Batman and Wonder Woman, this movie will definitely set the tone for collaborative movies from DC. So this is the jump-off point, people. Not Justice League. This is the jump-off point to DC characters really interacting together um, in a single movie. So, I mean, I had some, I told someone that at my job, and they go, no, because in the Batman movies, uh, there was Catwoman in it. And I'm like, that's all Batman. That, that doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, um, this is going to be interesting. And, and I, I actually... Although it kind of it sucks that it's being pushed back, I don't blame them. Like, yeah. take your time. Well, think about right. think about Man of Steel. Like, it that was pushed back a year, and like, it came from, out all right. Yeah, it came out all right. I, you know what? I don't don't. In my personal opinion, Marvel has already set that day as that's always been their day. Don't be surprised if Warner Brothers pushes it, because I, I wouldn't. Be, don't be surprised because they may just be like. Yeah, you know what? Because they've done it, they do it before where they set this and then they change it. They'll push it up. They'll, most likely they'll push it, push it back a little bit. Um, that movie first. Yeah, let let Marvel. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if they get it done on time and they they it's coming out like a month early or something. Like that. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like like I'm looking at it like people are like, no, they put it up because they want to go up against Marvel. No, they don't. They because don't remember. Marvel knows what they have. Warner Brothers, not so much. More importantly than Marvel knowing what they have, we all know what Marvel has. Yeah. So th- that's that's the issue that DC has right now is they they're late to the game when it comes to um when it comes to the movies. So if they go straight up again, even if it's Phase Three, it doesn't fucking matter what it is. Yeah. Everyone knows. Oh, a new Marvel movie's coming out, it's and it's unannounced. Be good. So yeah, yeah, it's obviously going to be good. So I'm going to go see it. Right. Yeah. They don't want to go up against that. Because there's still people on the fence about this Batman. DC still has to prove themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, I I guarantee you that if they win head-to-head with Marvel, which will be stupid because you will never see that happen. You'll never see two blockbusters go up against one another. Um, If you see – and that's just – that's even just history. Especially in the same genre. Oh, yeah. Because if you look at it, they'll – people will go see – Superman and Batman simply for that. But then they'll also go and see the Marvel movie. So, n- to be honest, no one's going to really get that big yeah, both, of a dragon right. Both Marvel and DC, they, they don't want to go up against either of each. Because even whichever one does the best, you're still the other one's still taking people away. Because yeah. movies are expensive. Yeah. If, if freaking hardcore fans will see both if they come out on the same date but right. most normal people <laughs> are gonna just pick like who's my favorite hero oh okay, well, the, I Marvel, like... the marvel movie sold out let's go see the batman one or the batman superman one sold out let's go to the marvel one exactly yeah absolutely all right well go move into gaming news so ubisoft's Ghost Recon Online has been in PC beta since 2012 and managed to get about 400 million registered users. What does that mean? Well, it means that it took about four years, but it looks like it's getting ready for a global launch on Steam sometime this spring. The free-to-play third-person shooter will be released sometime this spring. The company's refraining from giving an exact date. However, our friends to the north um, get it now through Steam Early Access. Ubisoft released the game on January 14th, where it'll be fine-tuned before the launch. Before they launch it globally, uh, quote, bringing Ghost Recon Online to Steam has been our goal since the game's inception. 
said producer Corey Factu in today's announcement, naturally, because you were creating it to be online. So naturally, mm. yeah. Um, we took the necessary, uh, we took the time necessary to reach the quality level that we can go head to head with the best online games available today before releasing on Steam, he said. To ensure a seamless transition to the new platform, we will use early access to fine tune the Ghost Recon online experience before releasing it to the rest of the world. Yeah, you're releasing it in Canada. Um, that's, that's not, I mean, I love Canada, but yeah. that's not the rest of the world. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? They're not going to overload the servers. So <laughs> yeah. um, it is going to be interesting. To, um, it is interesting that they would release the game in Canada to work out some of the bugs. To me, what was the last two years about? In any case, there hasn't been any new word on the Wii U version of the game since it was put on hold so the company can focus on the PC version. However, like many things, Wii U players seem to be waiting a lot. Yeah, well, they deserve it for buying a Wii U. So, <laughs> damn. I'm sorry, dude. No, you're keeping not. it real. Keeping it real. No, I'm sorry that it's happening. I'm not sorry what it says. <laughs> I'm keeping it gangster, yo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this one's gonna be a. No, nah, it's not really gonna be long. It's just gonna have a couple lists in it. Um, while everyone is talking about how the PS4 launch was arguably better than the Xbox One, Microsoft took the the next month with no issue. The NPD group has announced uh, the top 10 selling video games in the United States for December, uh, as well as the entire year. Total sales earnings for gaming software was down 17% compared to last year's December numbers, with $1.28 billion earned in December in 2013 and $1.54 billion earned in 2012's December. Hardware sales numbers were up 28%, with $1.37 billion earned versus two. 2012's um, December 1.07 billion earned. Uh, this, of course, was expected since two new consoles were released in the month prior. Um, here is a list of best-selling games for the month of December. Keep in mind the numbers collected here were from December 1st, 2013, to January 1st, 2000, or January 4th, 2014. That's they do that shit. It's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> I think it's because they just ended at the end of a week. Yeah. Because I think the fourth was like a, a Saturday or something like that. Okay, so first was Call of Duty Ghosts for everything. <laughs> um, Battlefield 4 was second. That's always like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just Dance 2014 took the third spot. Um, Madden NFL 25 took the fourth spot. NBA 2K14 for fifth. Six was Assassin Cre- Assassin's Creed um, fourth, Black Flag. Uh, seven was Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, which is still pretty pretty good because that, that game was it came out in around. September yeah yeah um, eight was Lego Lego Marvel Super Heroes that game's actually kind of dope I wanted to play that game it's pretty dope yeah um, nine was FIFA fourteen um, oh keep in mind that all these numbers are for uh, North America sales so because that's what we care about sorry world um, <laughs> but that's not the numbers I had um, and ten was Skylanders Swap Force. Fuck the uh, metric so- system. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, and those numbers include um, special editions and game of the year editions um, and bundles, but they don't include um, games sold bundled with hardware. Just just in case these these numbers were compiled by IGN. Just FYI, credit where credits due. Hmm. Um, 
Over, I mean, they stole it from MPD Group, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, overall sales for the year were down 2%, with earnings totaling $12.97 billion in 2013 compared to 2012's $13.27 billion. Software sales by itself were down 11%, with 6.34%. Oh, Jesus, numbers. <laughs> $6.34 billion brought in compared to 2012's $7.09 billion. Here's a look at the top games sold um, for the entire year of 2013. So here's the bread graphic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Taking the first spot. I don't know why I'm starting at first. Let's let's start at 10 this time. Let's make it interesting. A little (laughs) countdown. Um, So the 10th spot was taken by Disney Infinity. Um, Nine was Minecraft, still. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, eight was Just Dance 2014. Seven, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. Um, six NBA 2K14, five Assassin's Creed, four Black Flag, four was Battlefield 4, three was Madden NFL 25, two was Call of Duty Ghosts, and one was obviously Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, again, including everything but bundled with hardware, uh, which actually is kind of impressive because a lot of people bought Grand Theft Auto 5 bundled with the cheaper like PS3s and the Xboxes. So that's pretty it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, honestly. These really aren't too. There aren't really too many surprises in these lists uh, when you think about it. All of the AAA titles are here where they should be. Minecraft is still selling big since the popularity of the game is strong, and it has been released for different consoles like the Xbox One and PS3. So yeah, this year was when um, Microsoft's exclusive uh, exclusive deal with Minecraft ended. Mm, so yeah. it, it's now released on the PS3. It's coming out on the Vita as well as the PS4 later on, and the Xbox One and all that bullshit. Um, <laughs> We'll just have to wait to see how 2004 pans out. So honestly, like I was looking, I always like to look at the year numbers. They, they're never surprising to me. Like it's funny, people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it." No, if if you pay attention to the news, these all fit exactly where they should go. Yeah, Madden is always up there. I'm a little surprised that Madden's third and Battlefield Four is fourth, but I don't have exact numbers. They could be extremely close. Um, what what's a surprise? Do you have any surprises on on these lists? Um, not really. I mean, Disney Infinity, that makes sense. Um, uh, I guess a little bit is the GTA 5. For being number one? For being number one, but only because it, and when you, but when you compare it to, go, you know, Ghost, those came out a little bit later, plus they had the PS4 backup. Yeah, because, you know? yeah, keep in mind, Grand Theft Auto 5 is only on the 360. Yeah, it's, it's, only a, it's only on a PS3 360, but when you have Ghost, who's also had the PS3 and the Xbox 4, I mean the Xbox One and the PS4. I'm just amalgamating them both together. I, I'm saving breath. Um, but no, it, it, to me, it just seems like, okay, that's kind of interesting, that GTA 5, which is funny because most people are like going, you know, are like, oh, yeah, well, we'll see what... We'll see what uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto's numbers are when Call of Duty comes out. Yeah, we see them, and yeah, I'm looking at them right yeah, now. And they still did better than. But 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 look at the reasoning. Grand Theft Auto Five fits more genres mm-hmm. than Call of Duty Ghost does. And uh, let's be honest, man. I, I've been talking. I got a lot of friends that are. I don't play first person shooters that much. A lot of friends that are diehard Call of Duty fans, and they're not. Most people I talk to are not impressed with Ghost. No, they've not been impressed with Ghost. And if you had seen people that are not that impressed with BF um, Battlefield Four. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, but GTA Five, and this, the reason is, is because what was it? Seven years since the last one. I mean, when the PS3 came out was Grand Theft Auto Four. Mm-hmm. Now the PS3 is they're 
I guess rare um, rain. You know, its reign is ending, and that's what Rockstar actually did. Was yeah, we bookended it, and um, and yeah, because you don't get it every time, and you know they put so much into it. And and be honest, Grand Theft Auto Five is just what you what you expect, but it's fun. Yeah, you it's not it's not so serious. Yeah, it's... you don't have to have that first person shooter aspect to it to make you know that that intensity and stuff like that. So for me, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, it it actually does make. It's surprising, but at the same time, it makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, and also for Minecraft on ninth place, um, all these games on these lists, they say all the consoles they're for, but Minecraft was very specific. 360 was ninth place. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's overall so who gives a shit, but Minecraft's still <laughs> popular, guys. Right, know, just, yeah. You know, um, Just Dance, that of course should be on there. It's always a Just Dance. It's some kind of dance game. Well, yeah, because you have you know you have kids playing those video games. You have girls playing those video games. You know what's missing though? Mm. I don't see any um, Nintendo franchises on there. Um, No, that's not a mistake. (laughs) But but this is the thing though, is it's it's telling. It's very telling. It's very telling because the entire year they had some big titles come out. Um, for the 3DS and for um, for the Wii U, the Wii U came. The, a lot of games came out for the Wii U, but it's very telling of of the future of Nintendo. Oh yeah. Where they're not, they don't even have a presence. I mean, some of these games are on the Wii U, but there's I don't see you know fucking Mario or whatever. Right, right. Nintendo needs to fucking <laughs> pick up the slack. I know, right? Uh, we'll be talking actually more about Nintendo on our other podcast that we'll be have coming out. And um, later this week for the Lazy Ring of Death, because we have some interesting news about Nintendo coming out later this week. So, so listen to us. Yeah, so listen up. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> if you take another thing away from this podcast, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> All right. In comic book news this week, one of the more surprising news in comics, and let's be honest, there isn't a whole lot in that department, but was that... Many websites o- seem to overlook this one particular thing that I kind of thought was a little bit of a big deal. Um, one of DC's high-profile writers, Scott Lobdell, announced this week that his Teen Titans comic is coming to an end with issue 30. Uh, keep in mind, this is the same guy that joked in October that he was being fired from DC, but maybe he knew something that he wasn't supposed to tell us. Uh, he posted this story on Comic Vine, and after two and a half years, the comic is coming to an end. However... The words, of course, were chosen carefully, as he did say the most recent incarnation of the comic is coming to an end. Quote, I'm thrilled that DC is letting me wrap up the story on a high note as the Teen Titans square off against the nowhere in a final battle, beginning, bringing the, to conclusion the conflict that began in the first issue, Lobdell said on the post on the site. I'm certainly going to miss writing the adventures of Red Robin, Wonder Girl, Bunker, and the rest of the gang. But as a huge, lifelong fan of the title, I'm very excited about the whispered rumors I'm hearing race back and forth between New York and Burbank. Trust me when I say um, we haven't seen the last of everybody's favorite team adventures, uh, favorite team team adventures. Obviously, Dillow has chosen those words carefully as to allude that we may see the characters rise up again in other titles or maybe a revision of his old one. However, I think the latter is a little doubtful with the inclusion of Justice League United, formerly known as Justice League Canada. Um, it could be changing some characters around into certain titles, but don't fret too long. I think uh, we'll see it back in the future. And it's kind of surprising because, like... Um, 
you know, last year when we were talking about all the comics that were being canceled by DC, um, it, it seems kind of interesting that they're they're doing with this kind of what they did with um, uh, what was it, uh, Batman Incorporated, like Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, was leaving the comic, and they ended it with him. It kind of seems the same thing they're doing here, but maybe because of Justice League United and just some of the other changes they're doing, they're going to give it a little breather and then maybe bring it back with someone else or just move the characters around or maybe give solo titles for certain characters. But it was interesting because it seemed to have been doing pretty pretty decent numbers, so I don't think it's being canceled for sales. I just think it's they they, they have something different in mind yeah that makes sense yeah. i mean it's it's just kind of a, it's it's one of the bigger titles like yeah. we're not talking about dial h you know what i mean like <laughs> this is one of the or blue the beetle bigger, yeah. yeah this is one of the bigger titles to be canceled so it's kind of interesting to see that <coughs> okay moving on i was having technical difficulties for a minute i couldn't get anything to load and i was like shit <laughs> um but that has been solved um robert kirkman is best known as the creator of the Walking Dead series and celebrated for it. Rightfully so, too, since the comic is a great read. Both the writing and the art are amazing. That was a weird sentence. It just sounded like <laughs> me ranting. Um, of course, this is just me being a fanboy now, so I'll stop and get on with the news. Yeah, it was me ranting. Um, Kirkman has announced he will be launching an entirely new series titled Outcast in June of 2014. This new book, this new book's central theme is demonic possession, and will be drawn by Paul Zaketa. Um, Kirkman recently took an interview with IGN about the new book, explaining what it's all about. Quote, long quote. Um, Outcast is about a guy named Kyle Barnes, and he is a guy who has been plagued by demonic possessions his entire life. He's had a lot of people close to him become afflicted with this phenomenon and he doesn't really understand why when we pick up with him in the series it's time when he's decided to learn more about this to find out why this is happening to him in an effort to fix it so that he can get his life in order so he's setting out on a journey to figure out what demonic possession is and along the way while he is finding more and more about what this thing is he starts to realize that there's a lot more to it there's bigger stuff going on behind the scenes and that he wasn't aware of. He actually kind of trips into some world-threatening, end-of-the-world stuff that's afoot. So he gets drawn into this much bigger story. This book looks like it's going to be good from where I'm sitting. Kirkman is an extremely talented storyteller, and the theme, while not terribly original, (laughs) (laughs) uh, could use a fresh perspective. Uh, be sure to keep a lookout for Outcast this June. In June, yeah. When I heard about the, like, heard him explaining it, I was like, it, it sounds like um, Constantine, like right off the bat, right? You know, but um, we'll see how he. I mean, he is. I mean, I'm not just being a fanboy. He is really talented. Like he, I read the most of the. Um, they kind of went on a little too much with it, but most of the Walking Dead, and um, it, it was really good. Like just the writing and more simplistic art style and stuff. It was just a really good book, but I'm happy that he's making something new because I'm getting a little tired of The Walking Dead. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's like okay, enough already. Yeah, it's like, we get it, you know. Put a cork, <laughs> put a cork in it, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, going into tech news, and this story is a little lengthy, but you'll, you'll get the idea. It's a little timely, too. Um, if you've ever saw Ron Moore's sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica, 
You heard in the pilot why Commander Adama never wanted his ship networked. When the Cylons invaded the 12 colonies, it was a faster computer concept that led to their undoing, and it seems the same is happening to a few major retailers. Nice how I worked in a sci-fi Battlestar reference to that. Good job. Yeah, thanks. I try. Uh, While Target was the most publicized, it was revealed Thursday that Neiman Marcus was victim to a similar type of hack that befell Target. In an email to their customers, they are offering one free year of credit monitoring. We want you to feel uh, always to feel confident shopping at Neiman Marcus and your trust is um, in us is our absolute priority, said the chief executive. According to the company, they claim that the that PIN numbers, social security numbers, and birth dates were not compromised. However, Target said the same thing when the news first broke. This could be the tip of the iceberg in this area, and if a new Reuters report is correct, it claims that three other major retailers have fallen victim to breaches using similar techniques as the breach that hit Target last year. The report doesn't reveal the names of the stores, but says they are well-known U.S. retailers which do business in shopping malls. Uh, if in a related story, the United States government has sent major retailers a 16-page document that outlines the hackers, um, how the hackers got into Target's data systems. According to CNBC, the report reveals that malware has aff- infected Target and was partially written in Russian and that it was the perpetrators displayed innovative and a high degree of skill. A bulletin informs retailers how to identify the methods and the malware software that they used in the attack, which managed to bypass all of Target's antivirus tools. The Verge is asserting that the contents of the document um, is asserting about the documents of the content, but the Secret Service and the Justice Department is making some headway in their investigation. I can't say that I'm surprised that this sort of hack occurred, given that many companies use network systems. It makes sense that someone had to be innovative enough to gain access because we all know that gaining access is the hardest part once you are inside it's like a kid in a candy store i will be surprised if it only turns out to be five retailers that were breached because i think it's going to get worse before it gets better Hmm. this whole target thing is getting drawn out isn't it um well no I don't think so because the problem – like when it first happened, they said what? It was like $4 million. And then after the after that, um, it was like, oh, actually, it's a little more like seven uh, – or it was like $40 million, And then suddenly now it's like $70 million. It's like, and, Exactly. And, you know – You bitches don't know how to count. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, I, I think the Target thing kind of puts things into perspective because we all use our debit cards. We all use the credit cards. And, you know, and I've had some people that have uh, or I've talked to some people that have had issues because after that Target scandal where their credit cards, they had to get new accounts and different charges. But, you know, um, to be honest, I think it's always one of those things that that's that Target takes the brunt of it. And then when the other ones start happening, they can kind of distance themselves and then use Target as the, you know, as the as the uh, what do you call it? The. um the first men off the boat, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, so... No, I, I, I think what's making this a little worse is the fact that there was more information, and now other retailers are like... The, like, Neiman Marcus? That's high-end, dude. That's like rich people store. So, Classy shit. Yeah, that's where you know that if they're stealing your credit card numbers, ooh, you better be checking your, <laughs> your I statements. bought a jet! <laughs> <laughs> I bought a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget. I'm on a boat. (laughs) Jesus. All right. 
So before this is Steve's story, by the <laughs> way. Um, before the launch of Sony's PlayStation Four, they mentioned that there was going to be a hundred that they were going to be $100 less than Microsoft due to the fact that they were taking out the PlayStation camera. This led to the functionality over the light bar on the front of the DualShock 4 controller. Some fans want to be able to shut it down, but Sony is not having it. No. That was the quote, by the way. No. <laughs> PlayStation, president of, uh, PlayStation president of Worldwide Studios, Shen, Shene Yoshida, I think I pronounced these the Japanese names better than the European names, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> told fans on Twitter on Thursday. He addressed the issue when someone asked about the likelihood of a future update that would allow people to turn off the illuminated panel, according to CBG. Some people have complained that it is an obstruction when you are playing a game, uh, given that the light reflects off the TV screen and that it, it has a shorter battery life than the DualShock 3. Some have guessed that the DualShock 4's battery life is somewhere around seven hours. The LEDs do not use that much battery. Quote. <laughs> Yoshida added. I love it, dude. Like He's just like, no, they don't do that. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was waiting for that like, tweet to pop up. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, the light bar was designed to be a traceable beacon for the PlayStation camera, uh, much like the PlayStation Move controller was for the PS3. However... Without the camera render, without the camera renders, the light bar function function primary. The light bar is useless without damn camera. Um, <laughs> this is basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, very few games use the light in other facets. Killzone Shadowfall changes the color to correspond with the player's health, but I'm not looking at my controller if I'm dying. I'm looking at the screen. That's what I don't get about that. Yeah. Like it's the same thing with the Wii U. Why are you putting shit on the controller? I'm not looking at the controller. To me, it seems like a useless function that no one truly needs. I don't see why they cannot add an option that will allow you to end that functionality. I'm sure Sony is denying that on the basis that we don't want you to forget the feature in case you purchase a camera. (laughs) Seriously, though, I think Sony will change their mind um, at some later time. The light bar thing to me, like, yeah, it works with the camera, I get it. But it's it's gonna. I feel it's gonna be one of those Sony things, where they had these big plans for it, and it, nothing's gonna happen. It's just gonna be there, yeah. and then eventually you're gonna be able to turn it off because it's fucking useless. Yeah, it's the same thing with the touchpad. I don't really think the touchpad's gonna go that far either, because no no third parties are gonna u- utilize it. Yeah, for I, li- for little things, you know, yeah. but not for fucking huge things. Yeah, and you you got to keep in mind that you're not you're selling the device itself without the camera. Can we look at the move? How many people actually bought the camera after the fact? So, you know, so I like the move so much. I don't even have a PS4 and I bought it. <laughs> what the fuck? Is... I have it set up on my TV, so when I buy the PlayStation 4, <laughs> I can connect it. All right. Well, every once in a while, someone does something so outstanding and amazing that they deserve extra attention for it. For this, they become the Lazy Geeks Epic Person of the Week. Now, this one, uh, this one actually came out um, via io9, and uh, <laughs> it's just pretty funny. I mean, we we saw that, we just thought that was freaking amazing. Um, let me just read the article. I'm not even going to read the title first. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we've seen creative rickrolls before, but this one takes the cake. S- uh, physics student Siram Gu- uh, Gusevi, Guseva rickrolled his teacher by surreptitiously inserting every word of Rick Ashley's Never Gonna Give You Up into, of all things, a quantum physics essay that makes perfect sense. This had to have been tedious work. I can't even begin to imagine what it took to line up each word and still put together a fairly um, cogent assessment of Niels Bohr's contribution to quantum physics. Needless to say, somebody clearly has too much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, if you go to... uh, if you go to it, you actually see like the printout of the fucking paper, and in the right column, at the far left column, every word that's highlighted is basically never going to give you up, never going to let you down. And uh, the first two lines, just to go, just to give you a kind of a glimpse, is never has a man influenced physics so profoundly that as Neil Bohr in the early 1900s, going back to this this time period little is known about atomic structure Bohr set out to end the uh, obscurity of physics and again each word lines up it lines up perfectly. perfectly it's really really interesting and I was just and it was simply because it was funny but at the same time you're like how the fuck do you do that like line up every word that's another level of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that we are not on. Yeah, because exactly. I would, I would, I could come up with this idea and then start to do it, and like ten seconds later, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, nah, fuck this shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, and then th- it's one of those that you would have told friends, and they would have been like, oh, dude, that would have been so awesome if you did that. But and then he's like, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> but so uh, it it is funny. We'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and um. I'll have that link on the Lazy Geeks Facebook page, uh, so you can go ahead and, and if you haven't checked it out, or just go to io9 or just Google search Rickrolled uh, <laughs> physics, and it's a physics paper too. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not like a music essay, it's, right? It's, it's it's a physics physics on Niels Bohr of all people. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Well, that's it for another edition of the Lazy Geeks podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next week, a peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com.